Listen, nobody likes losing. Particularly, nobody likes losing a lot. Particularly, nobody likes losing a lot for year after year after year. Today on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast, uh, John and I are going to ask the question, is Mike White the answer at Georgia? And if not, what the heck are we going to do about it? All of that today on the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Happy Friday to you here on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. Today's episode brought to you by the fine folks over at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the Lockdown Bulldogs. We'll talk more about them in a second. John, how the heck are you today? Happy Friday. Um, how are things? Is it a happy Friday? Well, I mean, it's a Friday. It's a it Friday. Is- it's a Friday. It's fine. Right, yeah. We're one Friday closer to the NCAA tournament, which is great news. We're one Friday closer to the Masters, which yeah. is great news. And we're one yeah. Friday closer to uh, G-Day. All these great. things are good. All great news. Um, yeah, it's great. Is Georgia basketball going to be in any of those? No, I don't think Georgia okay. basketball is going to make an appearance in G-Day. And that's the thing they have the most, the, the biggest chance of being at. But I don't think that they... I don't think that they're going to be there. Um, we are talking basketball on the pod today, but you don't have to go away. You could stay and um, just discuss this subject with us because the fact is that um, Georgia basketball much better than they were last year and yet not very good. And so what does that mean for Georgia? Does it mean that we're on the ascent and that things are looking up? Does it mean that it's still not satisfactory and more changes are needed. Uh, we're going to discuss all that, but thanks so much for being here. Uh, we've got a great week of shows behind us, and so if you have, a, if you've missed any of the shows, John Garcia was on yesterday. We talked about potentially the number one wide receiver in the nation. Is he going to flip to Georgia? Is the people are talking? People are oh, talking people about are that. Talking. Go back yesterday and listen to that. We talk about all the combine news. Um, and all of that on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday shows. But today, we're doing a little post-mortem of the Georgia basketball season. I say post-mortem because um, Georgia basketball team died prematurely on Wednesday evening. Um, thought that they were going to get run out of the gym in the first half, but then nobly and valiantly fought back. Uh, but came up short against LSU, came up one tip, dunk, rebound short, which is a, a fitting way that that game ended on a missed blockout. But, John, let's talk about the basketball team big picture. What are your thoughts on this team? And I guess I'll ask it and I'll phrase it this way. What went wrong or what went right for the Georgia basketball team, depending on how you view this season? Hmm. Well, listen, um, we'll start, I'll start optimistically. What went right for me is uh, Georgia won more than six games. They um, won a won, lot more than six games. Won more than uh, one game in SEC play. 
That's a lot um, more than that as well. Georgia yes. somehow this team um, managed to beat three uh, likely tournament teams um, in Auburn, very true. Mississippi State, and Kentucky, and the team and this team went thirteen and four at home. Um, all of those things, if you had told me, yep. hey John, yep. Yep. At, at this time last year, if you said, "Hey, wait, next year Georgia's going to be thirteen and four at home, have beaten three tournament teams, yep, um, and uh, and had won, you know, um, a, a bunch more games than they won this year," um, then I would have felt pretty good about that. I think you know the wheels fell off at the end, and so that's right. Um, there, there's there's potentially a number of reasons for that, um, but. Uh, but for me, I think optimistically, there are good things to take away. And, um, and, and that's, you know, I think you have to lean into that a little bit in a, in a season like this. Yeah, I do think it, it's a weird dynamic because, mm-hmm. again, if you, if you take the whole season snapshot mm-hmm. and you tell that to any Georgia basketball fan going into the season Correct. or at the end of last season, you say, hey, not only are we going to fire Tom Crean, which is the best thing that Georgia basketball has done in a decade, mm-hmm. but we're going to win over more than double the games that we won last year. We're going to win mm-hmm. six times as many SEC games as we won the prior <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna have whole quality wins against teams like Auburn and Kentucky, big wins for the program and. 13 and 4 at home which I think is a really is a really important um statistic uh Stegman was a, a reasonably difficult place for SEC mm-hmm. opponents to play this year. Mm-hmm. And that's something there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. You tell that to any Georgia basketball fan at the beginning of the season and every single one of them is going to say sign me up for that. And yet today as we sit here on a Thursday evening recording this Mm-hmm. Um, every Georgia basketball fan has got this just, oh, well, here we go again type yeah. of it's yeah. the off season and we're it's, looking to next year and we're yeah. talking about the transfer portal and we're trying to figure out what's going on and we're trying to figure out, does it, do we have the right coach and all of these things? And so it, it's a bit of a weird dynamic mm-hmm. as a Georgia basketball fan because Two things, as Clint and I are like to say, are are true at the same time. Georgia fans should be should feel good about this college basketball season, and mm-hmm. Georgia fans should rightfully be frustrated about this college basketball season. This Correct. team was not good enough yep. to no. represent the University of Georgia in men's basketball, and that's yes. yep. until yep. we get that mm-hmm. out of like established firmly. Will mm-hmm. never be anything in True. basketball. This team yeah. wasn't good enough. No, you can't. You can't. This team, all of that that we just said, the positives are true. Yep. And yet, this team lost uh, three of their last fifteen games, uh, or won three of their last fifteen games. That's lost right. twelve of their last fifteen yep. games, and um, and a lot of those games are games, um, especially the last two just gut punches to a South Carolina team who was absolutely God awful to an awful. LSU team who had won one game in their last 17 outings. Um, just brutal. And that is not, it's not good enough for Georgia. Um, and, not. and I think, you know, I think the challenge is um, uh, 
the complacency that has been set in with this program because of historical failures after failures, Mm -hmm. um, it is, it is hard, um, for people like us, uh, you and I in particular, who really want Georgia basketball to be good, to look around and see these other teams in the sec. There's no, there is no reason, no reason why Georgia can't, uh, be on, you know, Georgia's not, I, I don't, I don't expect Georgia to be a national championship caliber basketball team, but I damn sure don't expect Georgia to lose, uh, 12 of their last 15 games, including losing in the sec tournament to a team that was one in 16 in their last 17 outings. You it's don't expect absolutely one NCAA tournament in 20 years. John, no, that's not what no, you expect. No. That's not what you expect. So, um, yeah, it's, it's unacceptable. And so the question now that, that comes is, mm-hmm. you know, George is not going to make a change at coach Mike White's first year, but we, mm-hmm. we're going to talk on this podcast and we're going to have an open conversation about it. Is, is this a Mike White problem or mm-hmm. is this a factor of something else? We'll get into that in segment two, but first, um, let's talk about FanDuel because it's the best time of year to bet now you and i both love college football john we love it a lot in fact i think you and i both cheer for the back-to-back defending national champion georgia bulldogs that's interesting i i think georgia um georgia went 15 and 0 they did a lot of teams have gone 15 and 0 um oh wait no a lot of teams have not gone 15 and 0 in their history not a lot at all not, Not a, lot. a lot at all. Actually, uh, the the University of Alabama, which some people say is the gold standard of college football, has never gone fifteen and zero. That's interesting. Those people should probably check their facts. Some facts that I know are that despite college football season, this is the season to be betting on, on sports. The NBA season is at the midway point. Lots of meaningful NBA games are to come. College basketball is ramping up into the absolute climax of the sporting world. The Masters is coming up. There is baseball season right around the corner. FanDuel is the sports book for you. It is the official sports book partner of the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. And right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is, again... $1,000 in bonus bets back into your account if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and easy to use. You can use it uh, for spreads, money lines, totals, player props, player point totals, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made, all of that and more, plus you can uh, increase your chances for bigger payouts with same-game parlays on FanDuel Sportsbook. So don't miss the chance for to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the URL right there on your screen, FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more. With FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, John. Um, <laughs> we couldn't wait to get rid of Tom Crean. It was Tom Crean, by the way, has gone the route of Dan Mullen. And I'll just say, 
much better in studio than he is on the sideline. Absolutely. I actually like hearing the guy talk. I do. I really do. And I I feel the same way about Dan Mullen. And Georgia fans have given me so much crap about that. But I think Dan Mullen is good in the studio. I honestly Mm -hmm. think he offers Mm -hmm. good insights. And and he plays to the camera, which is what he's made to do, just not coaching sports. Um, So, Tom Crean, kudos to you. Good on you. Um, we've got Mike White now. We were excited about Mike White, and early in the season, obviously, the Mike White vibes on this podcast were they we were feeling it. We were feeling it. And so now I ask you, we just said this team's not good enough. We just said that this is unacceptable for a Georgia basketball team. We also said that this team took massive steps forward from last year's team. And so I'll 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 ask you the question simply and then I'll allow you to elaborate. Is this it does Georgia basketball have a Mike White problem or does Georgia basketball have a Mike White solution? Mm. Um I don't think Georgia basketball has a Mike White problem. I think Mike White uh stepped into a very very difficult situation mm. where you're coming into a situation where, as we've already discussed, the team won six games last year. They won one game in the SEC. You're trying to rebuild a roster. Really, if we're honest, and I like, I like a lot of the guys on this Georgia team, mm-hmm. but if we're honest, you're 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 scraping uh, <laughs> the bottom of the barrel. It wasn't great. It wasn't it, great. It, it wasn't great, guys. No, Let's and, just say and, what yeah, it was just, and what it wasn't. It, 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 you know, at the end of the day, again, you know, no offense to the guys that were out there, but but this wasn't a an SEC caliber basketball. But team. many of the best but, players yeah. on this team mm-hmm. were on last year's team. Mike Co- White did not like he. Co- that's correct. an indication of how yeah. little time yeah. he had as, to bring people yeah. in. Exactly, and as much as we like those guys on the personalities, right? Cario Quindo, yeah. some of those guys, they won six games last year. They won That's one right. game in the SEC. And so there are reasons that that happened, and not mm-hmm. all of those reasons, as much as I would love to pin it all on Tom Crean, not all of those reasons were yeah. uh, were exclusively on Tom Crean. So I don't think Georgia has a white has a Mike White problem. What I will say is I'm not convinced that that – yet that Georgia has a Mike White solution. And that's, I think this off season is going to be so critical for Mike White um, to see, because it, it, at this level at the sec, um, you have to be able to recruit both high school kids in the state of Georgia, and you have to be able to recruit the transfer portal. And, um, and we're going to see what Mike White, you know, is made of, I think, in this season. He came in late last year, didn't have a lot of time to go out and 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 put a roster together, and now he does. And so I think um, it is TBD if we have a Mike White solution. I don't think we have a Mike White problem. Um, I, I think there are a number of things that we can talk about maybe in the next segment of things that need to happen. Um, but, yeah. but I think Mike White, um, I don't, what I will say, that being said, I, I didn't love the way that Mike White led this team down the stretch. Okay. Um, I didn't Talk love that. I didn't love, I didn't, this team, some of the challenges that this team had, the challenges happened game after game uh-huh. after game. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, it, it is the players out on, but at some point it's also the coaches. And I think, um, uh, I think, you know, Georgia having being, you know, 283rd in offensive opponent offensive rebound rate right where you're you're allowing you know 20 28 percent um 
offense offensive rebounds go to your opponent um 28 of those rebounds on that end of the floor um per game is just a that's to me that's just unacceptable that's to me that is fundamental basketball coaching um that that w- there was something missing there that being said i think you know you look at the talent that that uh the guy was working with and i don't think it i don't think it's a my white problem it's tbd if it's a mike white solution yeah I, i'm gonna get more into maybe next segment what i think um when i talk about what what needs to happen uh, but uh, uh, in terms of uh, addressing what you just brought up but there yeah. are some you know <clears throat> Some of this blame has to go to this coaching staff and to Mike White. And I know Mike White's going to take some of that blame himself yep. when he, you know, as he speaks to the media. But this was an abysmal offensive team, three hundred twentieth in effective field goal percentage in the NCAA. This was a team that would, um, that was repulsed by scoring baskets at times. It seemed. Mm. Um, it was also a really bad defensive team. Now, not as bad of a defensive team as any of the Tom Crean teams we saw because Correct. Correct. defense was taught. Mm-hmm. But these players just could not keep someone in front of them. I've never seen a team that allowed just a one-on-one, man-to-man, ball-handler, defender. I've never seen so many defenders just allow a ball-handler to go by them with Little to no resistance whatsoever. We Hmm. could not keep the ball in front of us. That puts you into rotation. If you know anything about basketball, Hmm. it it forces guys to come and help. That's why you give up wide open threes. Everyone gets out of position when that happens. That's why you have guys wide open for offensive rebounds often because Mm -hmm. you got guys in rotation and the shot goes up and guess what? Nobody's blocking out the big guy down low because the big man had to rotate over. All that stuff. A lot of it has to do with the way that we defended on the perimeter, which was hardly at all. But I also agree with you. I don't think we have a Mike White problem. Uh, I I don't think we know yet if we have a Mike White solution or yeah. not. I'm, I'm in total agreement there. But I do think there is some reason for optimism. Georgia does have two top 100 recruits, Dylan James and Mari Jordan, both uh, very capable players um, coming in. Uh, committed and signed for next year's class. That's big. That's important. Uh, it's important that Mike White continues to bring in talented freshmen. And and in saying that, I will transition to a question that I have for you that is, to me, the number one most concerning thing that happened this season. Now, I know Georgia lost 12 of their last 15 games. I know, And so... I know Georgia well, lost in heartbreaking fashion often to terrible teams. And, I know and lost in devastating fashion to good teams. Devastating I mean, fashion. devastating. I know um, that Georgia played an absolute cupcake schedule, and that's the only reason that we were able to go 16-16 and 16 on this college basketball season. None of that is the most concerning thing and, and the thing that makes me the most nervous about Mike White. Mm-hmm. Tom Crean had one problem at the University of Georgia. That's not fair to say he had many problems. But the number one problem that Tom Crean had was that he could not convince the players on his roster that Georgia was the right place for them to go. The program died, died when we let a kid go to Auburn 
and sit on the bench. Yes. Sit on the bench. On the bench. Instead of being the best player on our team. Yeah. Sit on the bench. That's when the program died under Tom Crean. Yeah. Do you want to hear some of the guys that left Georgia, what they did this year? I would prefer not to, but for the sake of the podcast, go ahead. Okay, so uh, there were three players um, under Tom Crean that left Georgia um, that ended up shooting um, 38, 39, 42% from the three-point range. Um, Averaging uh, uh, Tumani Kamara averaged 14.6 points per game. Um, that one hurts so bad. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there are some guys and I agree with you. That's the program. The program died when those guys started, uh, heading elsewhere. So my question to you, John, to end this segment is what happened to Chiron Lindsay? What, Mm. what happened? Mm. Because no, because we don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. Nobody knows what happened. With this kid. I know. I mean, maybe you could read about some speculation or some whatever. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. To me, the answer to that question, which we'll never know, by the way, we'll Mm -hmm. never know the answer Mm -hmm. to that question. If there was a Chiron Lindsay problem Mm -hmm. and he left, then Mm -hmm. you have no reason to be nervous or skeptical of Mike White, Georgia fans. Correct. He's taken he's taken a team to an elite eight. He has made the NCAA tournament year after year after year. He's proven he can recruit. He's proven he can coach at every level. He's proven he can do it. You have no reason to be skeptical of Mike White, Georgia fans, if there was a Chiron Lindsay problem. But if Chiron Lindsay left because there was a Georgia problem, mm. Mm. now all of a sudden I think this is this becomes the issue mm-hmm. because you cannot just reload in the portal every single year. You have got to have freshmen and sophomores and juniors who are coming up through your program. And I mm-hmm. know you're not going to keep them all. And I know mm-hmm. college basketball is different than it used to be, but mm-hmm. don't tell me that you can't keep anybody anywhere. Look at Houston. Look at what Houston is doing. Correct. Yes. In being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament under Kellen Sampson with a team full of seniors who all mm. signed at Houston mm. as freshmen. Mm. That's, it is possible look, to do. You look, have to keep some people. Yes. Look at what – it's a different level. So I'm not, I'm not comparing the level. But look at what um, uh, Abdurrahim is doing at Kennesaw State. Yeah, sure. Four years ago, they won one game, mm-hmm. and that's the that's that same team has stayed together, and same that team, team just won the Atlantic Sun number one the seed, NCAA, number and then one won seed, the tournament. Now won the going tournament, dancing. going to going dancing. It it can be done. It you got to keep some people. The Kyron Lindsay thing in the middle of the year was an mm. absolute so, kick to the nuts. So weird, absolutely. It was so weird, and it was so out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Which gives you, honestly, and I don't mean to be whatever. It's a kid's yeah. life, and I don't know what in the world yeah. went on. Yeah. But it, the fact that it was so weird honestly made me hopeful that it was mm-hmm. some freakish weird thing that happened yeah. and that it wasn't just an indication of things to come. Now, George is going to lose some players on this team. There are going to be some people that are going to transfer out. Mm-hmm. All right, Cario Quindo, 
is is going to leave the program. Yes. There are going to be some people that Georgia loses, but mm-hmm. I need Georgia to keep some people, and then I need them to go get a certain type of person to fill mm-hmm. the roster for next year to go along with these two talented freshmen that are coming in. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back in segment three. But first, Bill Barr is the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. Dog Stats knows it because he probably eats Bill Bars every day. He loves hearing the Bill Bar reads. Ad He's reads. a huge, huge Bill Bar fan. Huge Bill Bar fan. I think we have, we can all confirm. Yeah. And so uh, you should be too. Anything that Dog Stats does, you should obviously do. Bill Bar is the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. They come in a wide variety of delicious flavors. Uh, all of which are available at built.com or they're available at Sam's Club. You can get them uh, in many fabulous retail stores. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, high in protein, high in fiber, low in sugar, keto approved, good for whatever workout plan, meal plan, eating supplement plan that you have chosen to be a part of. Built Bar is the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. Uh, go to built.com right now. Enter the promo code locked on and you get 15% off your first order at built.com. Built Bar, the tastiest protein bar on planet Earth. Hmm. All right, John. So we end this episode today in the third segment for the 199 to by addressing. Where does Georgia go from here? If Georgia doesn't have a Mike White problem, we can we can at least give our coach the benefit of the doubt, give him some mm-hmm. time to try to get things done. We put this year in the rearview mirror. We addressed the fact briefly in the last segment, but we'll just go ahead and mention it again. Martrez McBride is gone. He's out of eligibility. Braylon Bridges is gone. He's out of eligibility. Um, technically, I think... Um, Terry Roberts has another year of eligibility, but I suspect that Terry Roberts is gone. Mm-hmm. I now just this is my personal opinion. I have no information on this. This is not me reporting anything, but I suspect that Kerry Oquindo is going to leave the team as well. Yeah. I will say this right here. I think the three most important people mm. for Georgia to bring back next year are Justin Hill, Jabri Abdurrahim, and M.A. Moncrief. Yes. And then I think four and five are Frank Anselm and Juice Holt in that order. Uh, do you have any problems with that list? No problem with that list at all. That if would be, we bring uh, those five guys back, mm-hmm. listen, this is, this is an important point. If we bring those five guys back, Mike White will have won the outgoing transfer portal this offseason he will have won that a thing that tom crean never did he never did that never did yeah so that's important it's important to know if he brings four of those five guys back i would even say he wins the outgoing transfer portal now the question is we got those two freshmen coming in Mm um who who Georgia fans should be excited about. And I expect both of them to play and contribute next year. Mm -hmm. But who does Georgia need to bring in? Now, obviously, we're not going to get into specific names because the transfer portal, we don't even have people in the portal yet. It's ridiculous to even try to speculate about that. What I'll ask is what type of guy do you want to see Mike White target Mm 
yeah. in the portal this offseason. I think Mike White's style of basketball, you've got to have a true rim defender. You've got to have a guy, a true big man who can demand some space on the boards and can protect the rim, especially when we talked about where you have – when you have challenges with people beating you off the dribble, you got to have somebody that's going to be intimidating enough in the paint. Um, and so for me, I think, you know, going out and trying to find a six, nine, a six, 10 true defending big man um, uh, who, who can take up some space, who can obviously, you know, hopefully move and, and get out and defend on the perimeter when needed, but really defend the rim and, and create some space on the boards, I think is just really important because this team you know, we had a couple of guys that had a decent size, but we didn't have anybody that had a true presence in in that space. And like at the end of the day, if you're gonna play with the guard, the guard play that Georgia has, you gotta you can't have you can't have that style of guard play and also not have somebody defending the rim and defending the boards. Um, you can't have both. Like you've got to that's right. And so for me, um, I agree with you know, we've we've got to keep some of the talent that we have at guard and with that talent, that also means I think you got to go out and get a, get a big guy. Yeah. And it's not, to me, it's not about size as yeah. much. It's, yeah. it's about toughness. Correct. It, yeah. You, it's, I hate to use the yeah. word, but Georgia's problem around the rim was mm-hmm. not that they were short. No. That was not the problem. No. Braylon Bridges not short for a college no. basketball player. No. Frank Anselm certainly not short no. for a college basketball player. The problem was is that at times mm-hmm. and often towards the end of the year, but at times the Georgia Bigs were just soft. They were yep. just plain soft. Correct. And you saw it you saw it many in many instances over this season and you saw it the entire tenure of Tom Crane Mm -hmm. Um, Mike White has got to go find some bigs that Mm -hmm. have some not only some some height Mm -hmm. but some size yeah you girth it's yeah it's the what what I was what I said is like it's it's somebody who demands space and at the end of the day like that's the you know, there are plenty of people, um, there are plenty of guys in the league that aren't <laughs> comparatively aren't, yeah. you know, the tallest guys or the biggest guys in the middle, but they're going to demand space down there. And, um, and Georgia just did not have that at all. Georgia didn't um, have a tough guy. No, they didn't, no, they were, they had there was no, no tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the level of talent, obviously. Mm. We're going to, re- if you reference an NBA player, obviously Georgia would take any. <laughs> NBA player on their team, any, any one of them. Any. But like, you need a Draymond Green, mm-hmm. like on a team. You mm-hmm. need a guy who's like, he's is he is he big? No. Yeah. Is he is he matched up against guys who are who are probably way more than he does and are have more inches than he does? Absolutely. But but he's not going to get pushed around. And right. he's going to demand space in there. And he's going to box out. And he's going to rebound. He's going to defend. And he's going to take things mm-hmm. personally. That's mm-hmm. that's the type of guy. That's the first of the two things that come to my mind. That's the first guy that I think Mike White has to target. And I'd be fine if he went out and got two of them. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know that either of these, gar- these guys, you know, 
Uh, Dylan James is six eight and he's one ninety five, mm-hmm. but he he's he's a bit more on the slider side. You know, he's gonna be I think more of a a wing type player than a true post player, at least early in his career. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if he went out and got two of those guys in the transfer yeah. goal, even if Frank stays, because I mm-hmm. think not only does Frank need to develop an offensive game, but he also mm-hmm. needs to develop some toughness. And I think guys like that will help him mm-hmm. do that. And then I think the second thing that you got to have, if you're Mike White is for the love of God, can we get somebody that can shoot? Just to shoot. I'm not talking about somebody that can score. Mm-hmm. I just want somebody that can shoot, who just shoots, that that's what they do. The, the problem with Georgia for years, and I don't mean to like to pick on anybody or, mm-hmm. to, or to whatever, but Georgia has three and D guys. You know, this sort yeah. of, if you're a basketball yeah. fan, the prototypical mold of like, a long mm-hmm. and athletic guy mm-hmm. who's a tenacious defender mm-hmm. and hustles and gets you those 50-50 balls and does that. And then on the offensive side of the floor, they just mm-hmm. stand in the corner. Yep. And and when their guy helps off, they get it and they catch and shoot and they're just a mm-hmm. three-point guy. Three and D. Yep. Georgia has D guys. <laughs> like yeah. Juice Holt. Yeah. Is a is a defender. Yeah. He's a correct. D guy. He's a hustle yeah. guy. Yeah. Like he's either got to learn to shoot or Georgia's mm-hmm. got to do better than that. Georgia yeah. has to have players. Yeah. I I year after year we field teams because we're so bad defensively. We field mm-hmm. teams where at least one of our players is an absolute non-factor do not need to it's be a, guarded yep. at all yep. on the offensive side of the yep. floor it's five on four and it's just hamstrings your entire mm-hmm. philosophy mm-hmm. yeah when you have a guy who no. either can't shoot or shouldn't shoot when they yeah. get the ball yeah there were a couple of guys out there that i thought watching them shoot especially in the last you know five six games i thought um Stegman Coliseum could use these bricks uh, in that ceiling that they're trying to face. Like it was, it we were laying a man, just not not good. Um, but you're exactly right. The 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 three and D, it, you you have to every Georgia has to get to a place where not every player on the floor is a weapon, but every player on the floor has potential and and had and demands some attention from the defense. Um, has something, something that they could do something. Yes. yes. Because we ran at times when it was definitely five on four in many occasions. Um, down yeah. The and if Frank, season. if I mean, again, yeah. if Frank and juice are on the court at the same time, yeah. sometimes there's five on three yeah. on oh, the offensive sure. side yeah. of the ball. For sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. It's other than catching lobs. Like that's yeah. it. That's the, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. I don't know. The the overall level of talent has to improve, obviously. Mm-hmm. But but a big part of that is you cannot recycle the entire roster every year. And so, again, I think guys like M.A. Moncrief, mm-hmm. guys like Jabri Abdurrahim, guys like even an experienced point guard like Justin Hill, yep. bringing guys like that back 
will go a long way toward Mike White being able to not only now this year bring in guys from the portal, but also bring in guys from the high school ranks and be able to begin to craft a team that has different types of players to it. So it'll be an interesting offseason. It'll be interesting to see what happens with this Georgia team. Thanks for listening and watching. Um, uh, We will be back next week with all sorts of more content to talk about, and we promise none of it will have anything to do with the basketball team. Hopefully, unless there's some weird basketball news that breaks. But, I mean, we're switching. No, it's over. We're turning our attention (laughs) completely to G-Day at this point, and that is it. We're going to talk about the quarterback room for seven weeks in a row. That's all we're going to do is talk about the quarterback room. So get ready to download. Quarterback controversy is here in Athens, and I am all for it. Uh, We'll see you guys next week on the Lockdown Bulldogs podcast. Uh, and uh, we'll see you then.